we look at, you know, people who are doing these grandiose adventures and they're, you know, whitewater rafting or they're like climbing uh, glaciers in, in Iceland and you're like, okay, I, I can't even hardly take my kids to Target without <laughs> losing my mind. Exactly. Like, that's the biggest adventure we're doing right now. Um, we walked to the mailbox yeah. and it was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that it's really important to, to not compare ourselves and, and say, oh, if it's not something big, if it's not this, you know, incredible um, life-changing moment or trip, then it doesn't count. You're listening to the Read Aloud Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McKenzie, homeschooling mama of six and author of The Read Aloud Family and Teaching from Rest. As parents, we're overwhelmed with a lot to do. It feels like every child needs something different. The good news is you are the best person to help your kids learn and grow, and home is the best place to fall in love with books. This podcast has been downloaded 7 million times in over 160 countries. So if you want to nurture warm relationships while also raising kids who love to read, you're in good company. We'll help your kids fall in love with books and we'll help you fall in love with homeschooling. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 158. For today's show, I invited my friend Greta Eskridge onto the show because she's got a brand new book that just hit shelves today. It's called Adventuring Together, How to Create Connections and Make Lasting Memories with Your Kids. Now, at Read Aloud Revival, we are all about connecting with our kids we're also all about Greta Eskridge because we love her. So I was delighted that she was up for coming back on the show to talk with me. She's been on the show twice before, once to talk about how children's literature inspires her to be a better parent. That was episode 42. Then we had her back again uh, for an episode on inspiring a love of nature through books. That was episode 62. And today she's going to inspire us all to adventure with our kids. Which you might be thinking, given the state of the world, how's that going to work? <laughs> but that's one thing I love about Greta and her new book. She shows you how to do small things, moments at home, moments through books, and then when you're able, adventures out in the world as well that connect you to your kids and help you form lasting bonds with them. The show notes for today's episode are at readaloudrevival.com slash 158, so you can go there to grab them and get all the links to anything we talk about today on the show. I started our conversation by welcoming Greta back and telling her we missed her. Thank you, my favorite place to be. Oh, we love having you here. We're going to put the links to the shows that you've been on with me before in the show notes for this episode so everyone can go listen to those. Today, I'm so excited because you've got a new book out released the very day this episode is going up, actually. So tell us about it. Tell us about the stuff lasting connections are made of. Well, um, it's going to be hard for me not to cry when I'm... <laughs> talking about this with you on your show because it just feels like just such an amazing full circle moment. I remember, you know, coming on your show for the first time and it was the first podcast I'd ever been on. And, um, I was so excited and nervous to talk to you, but we had such a great time. And, um, 
when I started to write this book about connecting with your kids through adventures, I thought, well, I'm going to have a chapter on connecting with your kids through adventures in books so that I can go back and talk to Sarah. (laughs) The whole book is about connecting with your kids through adventure and building relationship and, you know, those lasting relationships through adventures. And there's a chapter about doing that through books as well. I know, made me so happy to see it. And um, I think it's chapter 12, right? Chapter 12 is all about adventuring with books. Yes. And I love how at the beginning of that chapter, you say that if you were to describe a bookworm and an adventurer, most people don't think of that being the same person. And I am so 100% that person. I know you are too. I'm pretty sure that's why we're kindred, or at least part of why we're kindred. Yeah, I, I wanted to make sure people knew, like, you can you can love books and still crave adventure. Those Those two things can coexist. They totally can. And sometimes they really enhance one another, which we're going to be talking about as well. Um, In that chapter, you say you've had some of the greatest adventures in the pages of books. So let's talk about that. I I grew up with uh, a mom and a dad who pursued adventure with us, but in very different ways. And my dad loved to, you know, he loves to go new places and do new things. And um, in some ways, he reminds me of Pa from, you know, Little House, um, the Little House books, just always looking for for fun. And, um, and he craves that it fills him up. And my mom, she loves being home. She loves to garden. She loves things to be neat and to have a cup of tea. <laughs> and, um, she loves reading. And so growing up, it was also physically difficult for her to, you know, like to take us out for a hike or a bike ride. And, um, and so, so for her to adventure, um, in the ways that you think more traditionally about adventure, those weren't readily available to her. So we read, lots of books together. And, um, I, I remember sitting on our big brown velvet couch from the seventies and, (laughs) um, her reading aloud, like the yearling and like adventuring, um, to like the parts of, of Florida where the Everglades and were, and just learning all about that or, um, feeling like we were in like, the Ozarks where, where the red fern grows takes place and, you know, tromping through the woods with our coon dog. And we also didn't have very much money, so we didn't travel, um, hardly at all, but through books, we, we got to see the world. And, um, those are some of the most cherished memories of my childhood. so true, isn't it, that when you're reading a book about a place, especially just a really well-written book, you feel like you've been there. Uh, I don't remember which episode it it's on, but which number it is, but we'll find it and put a link in the show notes. I talked to the author Amanda Dykes last year, who wrote a, um, a historical fiction novel for adults set in Maine, although she had never mm-hmm. been to Maine. And we were talking about... Um, what a like what an experience it is to try to write a book about a place you've never been but want to go but you know all the different resources you can use and things like that the funny thing is i was telling her that right after i finished her book i was in florida at a conference and somebody had mentioned that they were from maine 
And I was like, oh, I just went there. I mean, I, that's what my, <laughs> that was the first thing I thought. I have never been to Maine, although I'm going to remedy that at some point, hopefully in the near future. Um, but I, I've never been there, but I sure feel like I have. And that's really the experience when you're reading like Robert McCloskey's books or, you know, yeah. it's Burt Dow or, you know, Blueberries for Sal or Time of Wonder, my I remember reading that particular book to my oldest when he was like seven and it was so beautifully written and the, the descriptions and just the experience of the book, like both of us had tears in our eyes when we were done. And oh. it was just, a, it's, it's not like a, a deeply moving story, but just the way he wrote about the place and how much he loved it came through and it moved us. Yeah. And it really makes you feel like you've been there. So I think mm-hmm. when you go to Maine, then like when I go to Maine, <laughs> someday, right. I'm going to feel like I'm revisiting an old friend, I think. Yeah. Um, I love that so much. Yeah. And I love that your mom being more of a homebody was able to adventure with you through books and then wasn't left out of that really beautiful connection with you to go on adventures together. Right. And, and I think that that's, um, those, I mean, that carried through from childhood to even like when I got married, she gave me a little house cookbook as at one of my bridal showers because we had spent so many hours of my childhood reading the little house books together that it was like that, um, the adventures we had together in those books, she was sending me off on my next adventure to carrying those with me. And, um, it's just like, it's incredible how much a book can, can move you and, and take you places where, um, you know, you just, you've, you've never been, but you, like you said, you feel like you've been there and it's, um, it's just, it's, they're so, they're so fun. What I also think, because what you're talking about really is making adventuring accessible to everybody. So whether people have a budget to be able to travel or whether there are health issues or whether there's a global pandemic happening, there's a lot of different things that can keep us from being able to go the places we might want to go. And books are such a beautiful way to be able to still go no matter what your other constraints are. Exactly. And you can... um you, they're, they're relational too, which is the, really the focus of my book is, is that you're using adventures. They're your vehicle to build relationship, to build connections as a family. And books are so, so good at helping us create connections and, and just build those relationships with one another. So there's just nothing like having an adventure together through the pages of book, whether it's, you know, a mom and a child or the whole family reading a book together, you feel like you have experienced not just the journey, but you've gone through the things that the characters have gone through. You're sharing jokes and memories Mm -hmm. from that story. When I love and I'm thinking, sitting here thinking about connections and relationships like you're talking about, um, like this is the stuff our kids remember and carry with them, right? The books that we shared, the adventures that they had, the memories that we made together, whether it's on a hike or in a new place that you're exploring together or any kind of adventure or reading a book. Um, I was just mentioning to a friend that 
my kids will mark sometimes our camping trips based on what we read aloud. Yes. So like this last summer was, I read the the wild robot while we were camping and mm-hmm. it's totally the wild robot camping trip. It was yes. Like, we do the same, like on road trips, we will, we'll start a new book and, or a new series. And so, um, those different trips, even ones that we are, we road trip to the same place year after year, but we can recall, oh, that was the year that we were doing the Chronicles of Narnia, or that was the year we were listening to the Green Ember. So we, we can even distinguish by, you know, the year by the book we were reading because this, the destination is the same, but the book is different. It's fun. Okay. The other thing I, I really love, um, are when books and our family adventures dovetail. So sometimes this happens in the most serendipitous ways. Right now, um, for example, my family is reading Jasper and the Riddle of Riley's Mine by Caroline Star Rose. And it's a historical fiction middle grade novel about the Klondike Gold Rush. Mm. So we're reading it aloud. And then um, not too long ago on a family outing, we went to the Crystal Gold Mine in Kellogg, Idaho. It's this old gold mine that was used like a 100 years ago um, in the panhandle of Idaho. Um, And so we went there to see the gold mine. And I hadn't planned it all. But when we got there, it was like there was a demo where we could pan for gold. Um, They showed us like they have these big bins where they showed us like the technique for panning for gold. And we walked through the cave and saw the like the quartz um, threads of quartz on the there's a, a name from ribbons, I think, of course. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, it was so cool because I felt like the book was coming to life in front of oh, us. Oh, yeah. And it was yeah. one of those places we didn't even know existed until the day before. And then I went, hey, this isn't very far away. Do you guys want to go to this? And so we went and it was like our adventure and then our adventures and our reading were dovetailing. And it's like magic when that happens. Right. And sometimes what I found with my kids, too, is things that we might not have been so interested in. We read a book and then it height all of a sudden we've learned more about that. And then when we experience it in real life, we're so much more invested because the book made us care about it. So one time we, well, we were reading the little britches series by Ralph Moody and um, the second book he learns all about trick writing. And we, um, our family is not a horse family. We don't um, live near horses or ride horses, um, except we've done it, you know, just here and there once or twice. But I have a niece who um, is a vaulter, which is, if you don't know what that is, it's like doing ballet on the back of a horse. It's crazy. Um, And so we went to, to watch her, her do um, a vaulting um, competition. And because we had just read all about, um, you know, Ralph Moody, doing these tricks on horses, we were so much more excited because it, it just, it came alive in a whole nother way because we had more knowledge about the subject and we, we cared about it more. We were excited. We would have been excited to see her regardless, but it just made it like next level. of mine had asked uh, a year or two ago when she was taking her son to Boston, should I read books before or should I read books after our trip? And I thought before, for exactly the same reason that you're saying, because the the books help you care 
you don't even necessarily, let's say you're in Washington, D.C., and you're looking at one of the Smithsonian museums, Mm -hmm. and you're looking at things in the displays, they will take on a whole nother level of meaning for you if you have some context to put them in, which is what books can give us. Right. Yeah. And you can even do that with like museums. Like there's a, in, I live in um, Southern California near Los Angeles. There's a beautiful museum here called the Getty Museum and it's world famous. And they have a book somebody wrote called Going to the Getty. And um, it's, uh, it's a really fun kids book. And it just basically introduces you to the museum itself, like just the architecture and how they built it, but then also some of the things inside. And reading that book before I took the kids there, they were so much more excited about going to the museum because it wasn't just like, oh, well, this this is cool. It was like you start to build some anticipation. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamie Martin, who runs simplehomeschool.net, has this whole post. We'll put this in the show notes in case this makes anybody else's heart go pitter-pat like it makes my heart go pitter-pat. But she has this – she took her kids on this trip that follows Little House on the Prairie's, like, journey, like the Ingalls family's journey. And so there's, you know, places in North Dakota and Wisconsin and – anyway – I can't, I'm, I'm blanking on the actual town names, but where you can like sleep in a covered wagon and, you know, yeah. see a log house that is a replica, I think, of what the log house would have looked like. And those kinds of adventures, I mean, I could, I think I could basically get really excited about planning vacations around books. That's how nerdy I am. <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly agree. And I've actually studied that entire trip and I really want to do it because <laughs> I it's like, oh my gosh, to see like the the house, the dugout on the banks of Plum Creek. Yes. You can you can go to that spot and there is a replica of the dugout. And it was like, are you kidding? That would be incredible. Or yeah. or um Lake Pepin where it yes. w- is is there and you can go to the lake where she filled her pocket with stones and it tore a hole in her dress. Like that's just Oh, I mean, I'm nerding out with you. That It just sounds so fun. It totally does. Um, and there's a lot of different places I think you could do something. I, mean, I really think you could just, you know, wherever your family is going, yep. you could just sort of do a little online digging and it wouldn't be too hard to find some books that might be related. Um, I think you, Greta, I think you're the one who told me um, about a book called Cubby, which I still haven't read yet with my kids. I had said I wanted to take the kids to Yellowstone, which we Mm -hmm. still also haven't done. Yeah. But you had said, oh, yeah, if you go to Yellowstone, you got to read Cubby. Yes. (laughs) Actually, I saw that in like a a magazine, and it was an interview with a park ranger who said when he was a little boy getting ready to go to Yellowstone, his mom read him that book, and he was so uh, inspired by it that he thought, when I grow up, I want to be a park ranger. And work at Yellowstone and that's what he does. And, um, I just, I was just so touched by that story. Just talk about a book impacting your whole future. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think too, if you, even if you, you know, you're like, well, I can't go on, you know, to Prince Edward Island to visit Anne's home. Um, which is one of my dreams. Um, oh, yes. but, I'll go with you. Whenever you do that, okay, bring me. Okay. I'm coming. <laughs> Perhaps we should start uh, taking people on tours, book tours. Oh, my um, gosh. 
but even if you can't, you know, go to a far off destination, I think it's really cool to read, to find books that take place in your area because reading even just like uh, a book that talks about like the, the environment you live in, the plants that are there, the animals that are there, it, it, um, it's so fun for your kids and for you to hear the things that they're familiar with that they've seen in real life because it's, it's where you live. And you're like, wow, I, I know what they're talking about. Or, oh, that's the place where we, we've been to that spot. We've been to that beach or whatever it is. I'm thinking of like for us, the, the book, The Island of the Blue Dolphins, oh, yeah. which, which takes place off the coast of California and um, off the coast of Santa Barbara, which is just a little north of us. And um, you can actually visit the islands. But even if you don't visit those islands, the, the, environment she describes is the environment we live in and the plants and animals we know. So when we read that book, it, it was so much fun because we understood and we knew those things. So finding a book that takes place, um, that's written about where you live, it's, it's a great way to, um, adventure at home in with somebody else's eyes. Yeah, and I was thinking as you were saying that, so we're talking about, you know, reading books about places you've gone or going, re- reading books that are set in your own hometown or, or a climate that's like yours or near yours, right? I also think, like, as it, a lot of our kids might be aspiring authors, uh, we have a lot of asp- young aspiring authors who listen to the Read Aloud Revival podcast, and going to places where, uh, you know, looking for famous writers' homes, um, you know, so, for example, when I was in um, Massachusetts last year, I got to go to Orchard House, which is the home of Louisa May Alcott. And you get to see her desk where she wrote Little Women right there. It's the desk. It's wow. amazing. Um, I know here in Washington State, where I live, um, there is the home of Betty McDonald. She's the one who wrote the Mrs. Piggle Wiggle books. Oh, and I love Mrs. Actually, Piggle Wiggle. I know, me too. And the home is actually you, it's like a bed and breakfast, so you could stay there. Oh my um, gosh. I know, on the farm where she wrote uh, Nancy and Plum and Mrs. Piggle Wiggle um, and all the Mrs. Piggle Wiggle stories. So places like that, I think, could be really inspiring for your book lovers too and help, like we're always trying to connect like writing and making stories is right. the thing that you get to do if you want when you're old, you know, right. now, not just when yeah. you're older, but also when you're older. Um, right. And like making it real, putting like mm-hmm. legs and feet and hands and humanity behind the words, you know, right. that are being written. Right. Yeah. A friend went to um, uh, the woman who wrote The Yearling, Marjorie Rawlings, um, uh-huh. went to her house. You can visit it in Florida and go inside and just see the, you know, where she wrote the books and the environment. And she even sent me, this friend even sent me, you know, a feather they found on the ground and some, you know, um, a a rock. I mean, like total, um, that's a total gift that, that not everybody would understand, but I was dying because it's one of my favorite authors and favorite books. And, um, I long to visit, but I can't. So I visited through uh, the bu- the books that she wrote, and then a friend that you know understood my longing and sent me some things from from her adventure there.
fun. And that just gave me an idea. I don't know how, totally how it gave me this idea, but as you were talking about how you've longed to go there, but you can't, um, wouldn't it be fun to let each of our kids, like this summer, say, or something, you know, each of you gets to pick a read aloud that's set, or a story that we're going to audiobook or whatever, that's set in a place that you wish we could go. Because mm. a lot of us are stuck at home. And yes. so. Um, if you're, I mean, and then you're not even limited to like where your budget could have taken you on a family right. trip. You could go anywhere. You could go to Australia. You could go to, you know, anywhere in the world. Um, and so that would be really fun. And, and to have them choose with that guiding idea of like, where would I go and then pick a book based on that might lead you to some different books than you'd just pick if you were like, everybody gets to pick a read aloud, you know? Right. And then you could do, um, my next favorite thing, which is to celebrate books when they're done, they could have a book celebration where you eat food from that place. You, um, you could wear clothing from that place. If you can find some costumes, which, you know, kids are so creative, they always can rustle something up and you can further experience the place that you went to in the book. And um, we love to end books with celebrations. So I think that sounds like a really fun summer project. Oh, I do too. I love that idea. Okay, so your book is about not just adventuring through books, but it's about adventuring with our kids. So let's talk a little more about that too, because, you know, a lot of our listeners to this podcast do read with their kids quite a bit, or at least they want to read with their kids, right? Right. Um, So if they're also wanting to up the ante on their adventuring with their kids. Where can they start? Um, You know, apart from getting your book, which I highly recommend, and we're going to have it in the show (laughs) notes of this episode. um, Where do you have some tips for parents who are like, I want that. I just don't know how to get started. Okay. Well, um, there, so I have uh, in my book, for example, um, different, you can start outside, um, adventures indoors, doing adventures that are um, going to push you, maybe ones that are a little bit harder. But I, I, I really suggest that um, if, if it's something new to you, you start small. And I think um, it's real easy in our, our current culture to dismiss small adventures um, because we look at you know, people who are doing these grandiose adventures and they're, um, so taking true. their kids, you know, whitewater rafting, or they're like, you know, um, climbing, uh, glaciers in, in Iceland. And you're like, okay, I, I can't even hardly take my kids to target without <laughs> losing my mind. Exactly. Like, that's the biggest adventure we're doing right now. <laughs> we um, walked to the mailbox yeah. and it was a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that it's really important to to not compare ourselves and and say, oh, if it's not something big, if it's not this, you know, incredible um, life changing moment or trip, then it doesn't count. Instead, I think we need to just remember that our kids, um, they're not looking at those things. They're just looking at us, and they're they're saying, okay, I want to be with my mom and dad, and. Um, whatever they, they plan for us is awesome. And, and so then we need to just lean into that and not be afraid to start small. So if your kids are, are not used to hiking or being outdoors a lot and you're nervous, you're like, 
I've never peed in the woods. Where do you, I can't go on a <laughs> five hour hike. This is crazy. Like go to a nature center and, and start there where the trails are marked and they have bathrooms and, um, let your kids, uh, just get comfortable being outside, uh, in a place that feels a little safer before you, you know, have to go out where you're carrying bear spray or <laughs> clicking your sticks together, all a parent trap. Um, do you remember that scene in the movie? <laughs> I, the do. Parent trap? Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to start there. Like it can be more low key. Um, or like we, I was talking about museums. Like I think, I always envision, oh, I want to take my kids to museums. I want them to love going to museums and having the adventure of, of going to a museum and um, and going and it just being a flop because, you know, one kid was bored out of their mind and like laying down on the floor and moaning loudly, this is boring. And then, you know, the other kid climbing out of a stroller and, and shrieking and people giving me dirty looks and um, it was not anything other than sweaty and stressful, but, in, but if, if instead what I did was I t- took the, you know, time to, like I said, read a book to prepare us for a museum that we were going to, we, we read some books about one artist that we were going to look for. And we did a scavenger hunt at the museum and we looked for just a few pieces of art instead of just wandering from room to room until you have, you know, art overload. And it made going to the adventure, I mean, going to the museum accessible and actually fun. So starting small is, is just, it's okay to, to start small. It, it's a great place to start actually and to build from build from there. I think so much okay so this reminded me of Sally Clarkson I remember hearing her say at one point that uh, now for any of our listeners who aren't familiar with Sally she raised and homeschooled four kids who are all adults now lovely adults in fact. Yes. And um she would say that at a now at like a dinner her kids when they come home for christmas or something they'll have all these fond memories of dinner time growing up mm-hmm. and her memories of dinner time gro- when they were growing up were not yes. so fond <laughs> you know there was like somebody slamming a door getting sent to their room or you know snipping at the other one or not being very kind or complaining about the food or refusing to eat and yet their memories are not of all that tedious stuff that feels really big and like, oh, or failures. So this right. reminds me, like, as you're talking, I'm thinking, this is exactly what happens. We take our kids to the beach or to the pool or to a museum or on a hike, and they're complaining, and we think, you're supposed to be having fun yes. and making memories, and they are. And so it's not, they're not going to remember it all because, you know, I don't know, it's it's hard to like transcend the experience big enough to realize, you know, far enough to to realize their memories of this can still be good, even if in the moment they're complaining. Right. And that's actually I, I have a chapter in the book um, about misadventure and how misadventures are actually a wonderful thing. And um, because they they stretch us, they grow us and they pull us together um, in ways that um, are actually often more powerful than when everything goes right. And we have a saying in our family for when misadventures happen, because they always do, um, that it will make a great story later. <laughs> and um, and it, it does help in the moment because you're like, man, everything stinks right now. This is not going according to plan. And, and sometimes it takes a little while, you know, uh, 
to get to the point where you can say it will make a great story later, or you might say it through gritted teeth, like this is going to make a great story later. Um, (laughs) um, But, but, um, but really the truth of that, it, it, it's, it's so evident because you'll go back and you'll say as, you know, as a family, Oh, remember when this happened and, Oh my gosh, we were so stressed or we were so scared or we were so wet and uncomfortable or whatever. But, but you laugh about it and, and those things stick out and, and it shows you that you can, you know, you can survive difficult things, you can pull together for each other, or you can just laugh about things that went wrong and that's okay. Can you tell, will you tell the story about your first trip to Yosemite? <laughs> Do you tell in the book? <laughs> uh, yes, we, well, okay. I'm an Enneagram seven. I'm a huge dreamer. I, I make big plans and, and I just have such high expectations. So it was our, our first family trip to Yosemite I Had all these expectations of what it would be like. And we got there hours and hours late because of, mudslides and traffic jams. And, um, we got into our little, uh, tent. It was a tent cabin for all six of us, um, <laughs> which was basically a, a canvas tent. But, um, in the middle of the night we woke up with like, it, it sounded like, you know, uh, fireworks were going off in the tent and it was a huge, huge thunder, lightning and rainstorm oh and gosh. hail And it was kind of terrifying. Like we couldn't, we couldn't get out of our tent and, um, I hope it's okay that I tell this story, but I had to pee really bad and I couldn't leave the tent because of the lightning. I had to pee pee in a trash can in the tent (laughs) and my kids, one of my kids heard and was like, what are you doing? I'm like, just peeing in the trash can, just go back to sleep. So, you know, oh my and then the next morning, everything was wet. Everything was raining. It was raining still. There was mud and none of my plans for a beautiful hike or nothing was working. And I, yeah. I kind of had a temper tantrum and uh, I, you know, everyone could see how mad I was. And I'm sure if someone said, this will make a great story later, mom, I would have probably like glared at them or said, now's not the time, you know, <laughs> um, don't, don't throw those words back right. in my face. Right. <laughs> but, um, but my husband, you know, he kind of saved the day and we, we went into the one hotel that's in, um, Yosemite Valley and it's this big, beautiful, historic hotel. And he, he said, we're going to have lunch here. And I, of course, thought we couldn't afford it because we had, you know, sandwiches back in our cooler. And, and he's like, no, I, I think we need to do this and, um, you need to just enjoy the moment, even though it's not what we planned. And, and it was beautiful and it was humbling and none of us will ever forget it, even though it was not at all what we had in mind. So good. I love that because it's true that on a big trip like Yosemite um, or on a tiny trip, like a, a hike in your, you know, at a local trail that didn't take you very long to get to, things can go wrong. But remembering that um, you aren't going to think it's so funny that this is going to make a great story later, but it mm-hmm. really does make a great story later. 
<laughs> yeah. One of my greatest moments was, was as a parent was when my boys, uh, a couple of years ago, they went on a scout, their boy scouts and they want to scout camp out. And, um, it was a summer camp out and we don't get much rain here in the summer. So they didn't bother to pack their ponchos. And then there was like this random huge rainstorm, like flash flood level. And I just felt terrible. So like, Oh, they don't have ponchos. They don't have the right clothes. They're going to be freezing and wet. And the whole weekend is going to be so rough and terrible. And they came home and they said, man, it was so awesome. We were right in the middle of the storm and we had to stand on a, on a picnic table to, to keep our legs from getting soaked. And we still get soaked anyways. And we said, this is going to make a great story to tell mom. And oh. I just thought, oh, they, they, they get it. They get, they get it. it. And, you know, the funny thing is, 20 years from now, those are going to be the trip the, the trips they're remembering, the stories they're telling their kids and their grandkids in the future, right? right. Uh, not, not about all the camping trips that were exactly how they were supposed to. So... Yeah, misadventure, misadventures are, are really a gift. So good. Well, I cannot believe our time has already flown by. Oh I want every listener to know I've read this book. I love this book. It is called Adventuring Together, How to Create Connections and Make Lasting Memories with Your Kids by Greta Eskridge, and it's available today. So get your hands on it. Greta, uh, you need to write another book so you can come on back, or you don't okay. have to write another book. You can come on back anyway. <laughs> Now it's time for Let the Kids Speak. I love this part of the podcast because kids share the books that they've been loving lately. What's your name? Jack. And where do you live, Jack? In Michigan. Michigan. And how old are you? Four. You're four. And what is your favorite book? Magic Tree Hall. Because it has... Uh, a lot of stuff that I love. Okay, what's your name? Judd. And how old are you, Judd? Five. I'll super soon I'll be six. And what state do you live in? Michigan. And what is your favorite book? Magic Tree House. And why do you like Magic Tree House? Because it has a lot of stuff I like. What's your name? My name is Abby. I am seven years old. My favorite books are um, Magic Tree House. Little House on the Prairie and Ooh. Children. Boxcar Children. And, and what like them because they're adventurous and some of them are very funny. What's your name? Luke. And how old are you? Two. Two? And what's your favorite book? Uh, a treehouse. Treehouse? Yeah. And Critter. And Critter books? Yeah. What's your name? Isaac. And how old are you? I'm four years old. And where do you live? Um, in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. And what's your favorite book? Um, 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 the Trumpet of the Swan. And why do you like that book? Because um, I like uh, I'm Lewis's wife. What's your name? Caleb. And how old are you? Uh, uh, four. And where do you live? In Oak Creek. And what's your favorite book? Machines at work. Not the road that trucks built? <laughs> yes, the, the road that trucks built. And why do you like that book? Because, because my favorite is orange. Hi, my name is Lucas. 
And my favorite book is the Jesus Storybook Bible. And why do you like it? Because it's the best. <laughs> and how old are you? Four. And, and where do you live? And I'm close to six. <laughs> where do you live? In Pennsylvania, Yodi. Yodi. Hi, my name is Sam. And I am nine years old and I live in Yodi, PA. And I, my favorite book is Robinson Crusoe and I like it because of the fighting and the adventure. Hi, my name is Jack. And I'm, and I, uh, my favorite book is the Action Bible and the publisher is David, David Cook. And I like this book because it's told through a comic book style and it has amazing illustrations. Hi, my name is Caitlin. I am 15 years old. I live in Yardley, Pennsylvania. My favorite book is The Goose Girl by Shannon Hill. I like it because it includes horses and my favorite character is Issy because she is brave and kind. Oh, I love The Goose Girl too, so good choice. <laughs> Great recommendations, kids. I always love to hear from you. Hey, Greta Eskridge's brand new book that we talked about in this show is available today anywhere books are sold. I highly, highly recommend it. Whether you're able to get out of the house for your adventures or you're going to be doing your adventuring through the pages of a book. It's a one that you're going to want for your own shelves. If you'd like a peek at what it looks like inside RAR Premium, you can go to readaloudrevival.com slash inside premium for a look behind the scenes. RAR Premium, of course, helps your kids fall in love with books and it helps you fall in love with homeschooling. We've got masterclasses, professional development for homeschooling mamas, family book clubs, writing workshops for kids taught by their favorite authors. Oh my goodness, it's amazing. So many new members have said, I cannot believe how long that I resisted joining for so long. This is amazing. So come on over and take a peek so you can see what's behind the curtain there. That's readaloudrevival.com slash inside premium. All right, that's it for today. You know the drill. Until next time, go make meaningful and lasting connections with your kids through books. <laughs>